Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the Book of Numbers, chapter 11, verse 4 through 6, and 10 through 16, and 24 through 29, the Book of James, chapter 5, verse 13 through 20, the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 9, verse 38 through 50, and Psalm 19, verse 7 through 14. God grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus says, have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. That salt that Jesus talks about so often is being us being the salt of the earth, us having some kind of salt, this that we might have our own particular flavor, our own particular sense of being a a preserver in this world of life, because this is what salt did. It preserved and gave flavor and helped other things be what they were meant to be. That we might be salt is to say that we might be people who preserve and bless life and give it the flavor that it truly is meant to have in God's kingdom. That we might have that salt in ourselves, and then we might be at peace with one another, how simply spoken it is, how deeply difficult we find this commandment. Simply to be at peace with one another. Simply to recognize God's presence, God's activity, God's blessing in this world around us and in the people around us. I am quite good at recognizing blessing in people around me when they are doing things that I like. I'm fantastic at recognizing blessing in people who look, act, think, and believe just like me. And I love finding blessing in my community where I feel comfortable and where we speak the same language as one another. We've built relationships of love and care, and I can see blessing here. But out there, sirens. The disciples that are following Jesus are being built into a community of love and they are following the, the, the one who is love. They are following the one not only who teaches love, but who incarnates love in his very being and his actions. He is salvation. And they're following him and they're building these relationships, but they feel safe even there and they look outside of themselves and they see someone who's blessing and doing miracles and who's doing wonderful things in Jesus' name, but he's not one of them. And their first instinct is, should we shut him up? He is teaching and loving and caring and blessing in God's name, in Jesus' name. But he's not one of the officially endorsed and franchised Jesus crew. He does not have the official Jesus, one of the 12, seal of approval. And their gut reaction when they see someone outside of their understanding who is speaking love in Jesus' name and is doing good works of blessing and kindness in Jesus' name is, is that okay though or should we stop it? And this is the point where I stop and remind us how easy it is for us to laugh at the disciples as if we are not exactly the same. It is one of our favorite pastimes as Christians to go, can you believe those disciples? 
Can you believe those disciples not recognizing Jesus all over the place? Can you believe those disciples expecting love to look in a very specific way? And if when it doesn't look like that, they get uncomfortable and they twitch and they say, uh, let's maybe stop it. Can you believe those silly disciples? Not me, not me. Oh God, me. I do that. That's me. And the message that Jesus has when they say, the Jesus' message, Jesus' response is really clear, really unequivocal, and really, really, uh, well, difficult for us. Because they say, should we stop this person? Should we stop people who are outside of our understanding from bringing blessing and love into the world in Jesus' name? And Jesus' response is, if you do that, you may as well go to hell. That's what Jesus says. That's what that whole second section of the gospel is about. When we get in the way of other people sharing the blessing, we are bringing hell to earth. When we get in the way of other people making the world more like God would have it because they're doing it in a way we don't understand, we are marring our own body, the body of Christ. We are cutting ourselves up We are burning and bringing the fire here. And we know how to do that, don't we? I know how to do that. I know how to confine my life so that it looks just enough like I want it to that I can say it's going okay and I can see love here. And I can shut out love when it doesn't look like what I'd like it to do, which really just means I can shut love out when it's going to push me and make me uncomfortable and challenge me and make me into something I wasn't expecting. But this is exactly what Jesus does in our lives time and time and time again. Jesus pushes us to recognize God's blessing and power in places and in people we could never have imagined. We are so blessed today to have our friend Stephanie here, and I'm so grateful that you're here. Stephanie has written a phenomenal book called The Church Cracked Open, and she has done amazing work to be one of the people who's helped create the Becoming Beloved Community initiative and commitment that the Episcopal Church has been committing to, and that this Church of Redeemer has sought, I would say, we are beginning to really make a commitment to. Because it's not one simple program or one simple idea, it's a long-term commitment to racial justice and healing and reconciliation that will transform us and take the rest of our lives and beyond if we're willing to take it seriously. Because we as an Episcopal church have been perfectly comfortable being ourselves. And we've even been okay welcoming people from outside the franchise so long as they assimilate and look and act and pray and sing and talk and dress like us. If they could vote like us too, that would be great. We have not done a phenomenal job of recognizing God's blessing outside of ourselves though. And we lie to ourselves about this. We lie to ourselves because we say, well, I'm not racist, so I'm not part of the problem. But are we willing? And by the way, I believe that to a degree that the people in this room, we say, no, of course, I want what is good for all people, including people of all races. So, hey, congratulations, me. 
But I want us to think for a moment about Jesus and his disciples, and I want us to think about the fact that if it, it, not just if they were willing to look at that person and not see the person outside of themselves who's blessing in Jesus' name as a threat, they, it's not just that they're not seeing him as a threat. Jesus says, if he's not against me, he's for me. And if that's true, then we have to be transformed ourselves and understand how God is working differently. Are the disciples not only ready to accept that person as okay, are they willing to be transformed by that person outside themselves? Are they willing to have their lives and their understanding of God changed by the one who is outside themselves? And we are perfectly capable of saying, yes, I recognize the dignity. Though we come from a very predominantly white church, I am able to recognize the dignity and the beauty of people of other races. But are we willing to be transformed and changed by the testimony, the witness, the power, and the faithfulness of our siblings of color in this world. We as a church, in the Episcopal Church, we've shown ourselves, we've said, we're, we're very tolerant and accepting. We're willing to be tolerant, we say. As a predominantly heterosexual and cisgender church, we say we're willing to be tolerant of LGBTQ plus people and say they're okay, which is a step forward for a lot of Christian churches, as we know, just to say they're okay. But are we willing to be transformed by their witness and to change our understanding of who God is and how God is working in this world? Because God is working in this world, friends. God is bringing healing and reconciliation. God is transforming this world for love. Will we allow God to transform us, our hearts, our lives, our liturgies, our connections, our communities, will we allow them to be transformed? Are we willing to be changed or would we prefer to keep it the way that we know it at the cost of bringing hell on earth. Today we get to baptize Peyton. I am ridiculously excited that Peyton is going to become a part of this church. How cool is that? And we love baptisms. He's got his white outfit on. He looks perfect. And if he's really quiet, everyone will say, what a good baby he was, which is the most ridiculous thing anyone could say, and I say it all the time. Our favorite kind of child, beautiful and silent. We are so excited for Peyton's transformation. Are we willing to be transformed by Peyton? We are so excited for him to be here and be quiet. What happens when he makes noise? What happens when he cries out because he's hungry? Or as he grows up and deepens his faith in God, what happens when he starts to ask us questions about God's presence and where we see God in our own lives? Then will we be excited to have Peyton be a part of this place? What happens when he begins to change the way we understand ourselves and our world? Then will we be okay? Or will we look around and go, Jesus, can we do something about this Peyton character? Um, he's really welcome as long as he would just kind of be like us. There is extremely good news in this gospel reading. It is that God is doing the work 
And this line that seems like a riddle is actually one of the keys to understanding how powerful God's presence is in the world. He says, you will be salted. We are all salted by the fire. Which means the fire that we think is hell, the unquenchable fire of God that we think of as punishment when we confront our own ugliness and pettiness, when we confront our own limited understanding of God, that fire is not here to punish us, but to purge us of the things that keep us from loving and being loved. The fire of God is not death and it is not punishment. It is that which burns away our intolerance and our inability to recognize God's powerful presence in this world. And it is an unquenchable fire. We will be salted with fire as we confront those pieces of ourselves that make us deeply uncomfortable. As we confront the part of ourselves that would prefer to keep people at a distance rather than be transformed and changed by their love. As we surrender to God and recognize God's presence in this world, God's healing power, we will be salted. We will be the preservers. We will be the flavor of blessing, belongingness, and love in this world. We'll do it in partnership with all sorts of people we could not have imagined. Our lives will not look anything like we thought they would. They will look so much better, so much fuller. We here, we will give ourselves to God in Jesus' name. And in doing that, we will finally learn how to be at peace, at peace with God, at peace with God's creation and at peace with one another. In Jesus' name.